You're listening to the Radio Bold News Pod. I'm Mike Sakel, taking you beyond the headlines and introducing you to interesting people and happenings here in Sullivan County, New York, and throughout the Catskills and Hudson Valley. With me right now is Dr. Bruce Ellswig. He is the Medical Director of Sullivan County Public Health Services. And uh, Dr. Ellswig, thank you for joining us here on the Radio Bold News Pod. Of course, uh, trying to get information out and and trying to understand the situation uh, as it unfolds these days. I'm going to start off with a basic question, really, uh, which is if, if you could describe to us what uh, novel coronavirus COVID-19 is. Thank you for having me, Mike. Uh, novel coronavirus is a new new form of a coronavirus. Coronaviruses have been around for a long time. This is new. It was first first appeared, I believe, in uh, the Wuhan uh, district of China, and um, certainly has branched out around the world. Um, uh, certainly, we can't blame anyone for starting the virus. Viruses just appear. If you recall, the 1918 virus was called the Spanish flu because uh, it's unfortunate that we label things by the countries and we shouldn't. But these are viruses that uh, typically travel around the world. Uh, the flu, the ordinary influenza, A and B are viruses uh, as well, and they do travel around the world. Uh, however, they don't have the same uh, issues at this time with the mortality rates that the, the COVID-19 virus does. So we've been doing a lot of research, obviously. Where are scientists at as far as uh, really recognizing what it is, uh, what the, the virus is about? Well, they've genotyped the virus. They know uh, the structure. They, they can identify that the similarities between the viruses they've isolated from the people that are, have been infected, uh, and they know that it's the same virus. Um, they're feverishly working on vaccines and looking for treatments to mitigate the consequences of the severely ill people who get the virus. Right now, I believe this latest statistics show that about 80% of the people that get infected have a minor infection and recover completely. However, the other 20% are where our greatest risks are. And initially, they thought that the people at risk were 70 or older or 60 or older and those with chronic disease. However, uh, looking at the data from our country and uh, indeed around the world now, uh, younger people are equally as vulnerable uh, and certainly the most vulnerable are those with chronic diseases. You know, the latest data that people should look for uh, and, the, and to avoid any confusion about the coronavirus, there are reputable places where people can turn to get information. Certainly calling the Sullivan County Public Health Office at uh, 845-292-5910 is a easy source of getting information and answering, having questions answered. And the 1888 number, that's 1883643054, is the um, coronavirus uh, hotline. And also, information can be gotten from the Department of Health at www.cdc.gov.covid.-covid19. These are reputable sources of information. There are a lot of not-so-reputable sources floating around, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of misinformation, uh, both in our community and certainly around the world, and people are seeking out unproven treatments and unproven resources for their understanding of the virus. 
Now, is there something unique about this virus and the fact that it has spread so quickly around the world as opposed to you know some of the other uh, viruses and, and issues that we've seen in the past few years, such as SARS, for example? What makes COVID-19 uh, spread so rapidly? I think that um, the reason that it spread so rapidly is that we were pretty much underprepared to deal with it and, and didn't understand it in a in an effective way. Viruses spread all over the world every year. The flu virus is, it changes every year and it's also a potentially deadly, deadly virus for those who are vulnerable. Um, and that certainly um, we hear about and we are unfortunately under immunized for that virus as well, which can be deadly as well. I don't want to minimize the mortality that's a, and the morbidity that's associated with the, co- the coronavirus, but uh, indeed the totals uh, of people that die in this country and around the world from the in- from influenza A and B is at this point much more substantial. This virus is insidious. It's it's everywhere. Uh, we're just seeing the beginning of the uh, pandemic, um, as you can see from the numbers that are posted daily. The numbers are monumental as far as the spread. New York is uh, unfortunately one of the the highest, has the highest number of proven cases in the country so far, and that may be because we're testing more uh, aggressively uh, so that we know what's going on, but it's everywhere, and it will continue to be everywhere for the near future. Are you of the uh, are, are you of the mindset that this will grow exponentially, and we, we could very well see thousands? Because many, including Governor Cuomo, have said they are you know concerned about hospital capacity. Do you see that happening? And do you, do you think uh, with this uh, quarantine or at least stay at home advice and guidelines that we're getting that we might be able to uh, kind of lower the curve, as it yeah, were, to flatten the curve is yeah, ideal, yeah. so that we we de-stress the healthcare delivery system. I think Governor Cuomo certainly has taken an incredible lead and New York is far ahead in anticipating what may happen. Uh, and uh, listening to the press conference yesterday was, was reassuring, scary, but reassuring. And the, the means that we are implementing in the state and with public health are designed to, again, flatten that curve to protect our population and, uh, you know, unfortunately, the things that we have to do by isolating ourselves uh, has an incredible impact on our, on our uh, community members, on our businesses. You know, one, one piece of advice I would give, it also has an emotional toll as well as a physical toll on all definitely, of us. Definitely, definitely. And, yeah. uh, you know, I do believe that, you know, if you have a neighbor, uh, contact your neighbor, make sure they're well. Uh, if you plan to go shopping and you have to go shopping to get food, um, and you have a neighbor who is incapable of doing that, ask them if they want if you if they would want you to pick up some food for them or to get essentials for their well being and then drop it off in front of their house but don't go in. Yeah. So um, yeah. we have to think of our, our fellow citizens as well and also a consideration for those people that we all depend on who are the restaurateurs, the people who have jobs that are no longer existing in our community. If you have special relationships with these people uh, to think about how you can help support them during this this time when their businesses are shut down. That is uh, that's definitely uh, true. Uh, is is the basic advice still the best advice? That is, wash your hands, don't touch your face, uh, social distancing. Of course, we're we're doing that to the max. I guess at, at this point, mostly staying at home. Are are those the the steps that you are recommending? And uh, absolutely, uh, 
minimizing uh, contact with other people and staying at home is, is ideal uh, to prevent and delay the spread of the disease. Certainly, hand washing is critical. It's much more effective than the sanitizers, and it should be done frequently. And um, having gone to the grocery store today to pick up some essentials, people are wearing masks. Um, don't know how effective the masks are, but it is a way of uh, preventing the droplet spread, certainly. Uh, and it's a consideration to people and keeping six feet away from the people that you're, you have to be around for whatever reason. Also, as a physician, I, I recommend that if you have not gotten your flu shot or if you have not gotten your pneumonia shot and you qualify for it, uh, having a chronic disease or being 65 or older, I would strongly recommend that if you do go to your clinician that you do ask for these very important immunizations as well. And that may help keep, prevent and keep you healthy, prevent disease and keep you healthy as well. If somebody's experiencing symptoms, what should they do? And First I thing they should do is call their clinician. Uh, if they're minor symptoms, they can just be at home and be isolated. But if they're very concerned, they should call their clinician. They should not just go to an emergency room or appear at their doctor's office. They should always call first, let the clinician know what the symptoms are. Uh, they have fairly good guidelines as to what would require a screening test for the COVID-19. There are also the concerns that we have about a uh, a lack of adequate testing materials, but I think that fortunately in our county we're, we're doing fairly well. We have the most wonderful public health service and led, led by Nancy McGraw and her team, they've been doing remarkable things to make sure the information is correct and getting the appropriate PPE, the personal protective equipment uh, that they can share with other people. Um, the hospitals are gearing up as far as canceling elective surgeries Mm -hmm. and minimizing contact for routine laboratory testing so that they can free up the resources to do what's necessary for the people that are acutely ill or potentially ill with this virus. I think you, you do have to be somewhat self-aware, especially if you're not feeling well. And from what I understand the way uh, the virus works, and correct me if I'm wrong, since it is a respiratory virus, uh, you know, it might start off as a simple, you know, with symptomatic of, of the flu or even just a common cold, but the thing to really watch for is, is uh, respiratory distress and any kind of respiratory distress. Am I correct in saying that? You're very correct in, correct in saying that. Uh, it is primarily a respiratory virus as we know it right now. Um, and the people with the greatest complications have suffered from pneumonia as a complication of the virus. And the very severe cases have required uh, ventilator support. And listening to what uh, Governor Cuomo said about making the resources available for increasing the number of ventilators which we have the potential for needing unfortunately in the state is, is a, a bold and good move how about um, how about locally are, are you uh, fairly confident that uh, aside from what the the follow-up and what the staff is doing right now that that we are as prepared as can be in in sullivan county for an increase in cases which we've seen double over the the course of the last week uh, yes for sure um, yes, I believe that the hospital systems and the physician groups have geared up tremendously, uh, limiting uh, uh, elective surgeries and elective procedures so that both uh, ventilators, uh, the PPE, the personal protective equipment, uh, and the resources of the hospitals and the clinicians' offices have been maximized in order to serve the public, facilitating 
testing by having drive-by testing facilities in tents outside of the office. In my practice, uh, we have at the urgent care at Crystal Run, we have a tent outside the urgent care, and we have a facility in Goshen, also in Orange County, uh, accepting patients who think they have symptoms. But once again, I can't emphasize enough, that don't just drive up or appear at the emergency room or the facilities, the urgent care facilities, call first so that appropriate protection can be arranged for you as a patient and also for the staff that has to serve you. Well, you, you answered my follow-up question because I, I was going to say, you know, people hear uh, about drive-up testing and, and tents and outside facilities, and uh, it makes you almost wonder, should should the average person get tested? I don't believe we have. The people who don't have symptoms that are characteristic should probably not be tested. And if you have a mild respiratory illness, you should probably just hunker down at home and treat yourself symptomatically. Uh, however, if your symptoms are getting worse, if you have fever and a progressive respiratory symptom, again, I can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to call your clinician or, or call the emergency room, discuss your symptoms, your temperature, uh, how you feel with the person at the other end of the phone. You can use the resources at the numbers that I gave you earlier, mm-hmm. also for information as to whether or not you would be able to get tested uh, or need to get tested. Certainly, we are trying to uh, use the resources we have judiciously at this point, but not to exclude those people, certainly, who have the potential for getting a severe illness. So getting back a little bit to the big picture as far as uh, coronavirus goes, and and I realize there are a lot of moving parts here and and, uh, different medical opinions that will, will change over time, but... You know, people are, are, are talking about uh, the 14-day, the possible 14-day incubation period of this, uh, of this virus. And, and how long do you think that, that something like this actually might last? Uh, I don't know, honestly. You know, there, there have been viruses in the past that have a five-month cycle or a two-month cycle. But I don't know what this is going to be, and I don't know that anybody knows for sure at this point. I know that the data that is, has been released from China, if it's reliable, shows that they, their numbers have dwindled tremendously as far as new cases. However, if you look at what's happening in Italy and in Spain now, the numbers are, are geometrically increasing, and certainly in our own home state of New York, the number of cases that have been identified have uh, increased geometrically as well, in California as well. Uh, it'll be everywhere. And if you look at projections that have been, if you look at the New York Times, has articles which shows projections of the intensity of the virus as it expands through May, uh, potentially in the United States, you can see the the color of the states changing to, to red where the, the incidence is very high. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're in the beginning of something that's very severe and uh, has the potential for causing great, great medical illness as well as economic and social challenges for all of us. How about the uh, how about the emotional issue? And uh, you know, under public health services, of course, mental health services are are available as well. Can you tell me what the reaction has been? Uh, is the mental health department uh, being utilized right now more often with with the current situation? I think our mental health resources are being used. I know that they are in, in many ways stretched to the limit by the needs of our citizens in Sullivan County. Without the virus. I know that they're there for help. I know that there are resources, again, you can get from calling public health and from calling the hotline. But people need to understand that being alone is not necessarily horrible, that there are resources you can use. You can 
uh, and you should use resources if you have the capability of having electronic devices, Skyping your friends and family, uh, using FaceTime, not losing touch with those people that you care about and care for you, um, having virtual meetings with your friends rather than, than uh, meeting in person, uh, finding good books to read. Um, the television is a challenge because um, it's hard to stay away from the news channels uh, and seeing what's happening, but using that time judiciously limiting the amount of exposure you have to the, um, the COVID news, but getting it accurately, uh, and also just enjoying some peaceful time at home, getting out and getting some fresh air when the days allow it, um, uh, alone or six feet away from your, from your neighbor, uh, if you're taking a walk, uh, doing the things that will allow you to stay physically fit and emotionally fit and making sure that you eat properly and drink plenty of fluids and do the normal things that everyone should do. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, if, if there's any any positive side to this, I think uh, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Dr. Ellsworth, the, the, just the concept of community and, uh, and helping your neighbors and, and helping and keeping in touch with your family and friends. And, and sometimes I think even under normal circumstances, we don't do that enough. So uh, perhaps it's, it's something we'll, we'll, we should all take the time to think about. And, and try to stay positive. And there are some reputable charities in the county that, that I know will be distributing funds and food to those people in need. And I think that looking to your uh, spiritual uh, community, looking to your, uh, not physically going there, but looking to the resources they may have, looking to your um, other county offices, to the homeless organizations, uh, to those organizations that do support our community at large, and if you do have the resources to to contribute to support those people who have, have or are going to lose their jobs, is very important for their well-being physically and emotionally and to deal with any crisis that they may have. Make sure that people are fed well and they have the resources to keep their health. Yes, well, I know the, the county had set up their community assistance uh, line. It, it was uh, inundated with phone calls, and not just from individuals who are needing uh, assistance, but also from those who are ready to volunteer. So, a lot Absolutely. of positive energy in Sullivan County, no doubt about that. And this is a way also to break down barriers that we've had. You know, we're so polarized at this time. Maybe there is a silver lining in this: is that the community may begin to come together and 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 break down some of these boundaries that we've created, whether it's political or emotional or social. Um, this is a time for people to gather together and support each other. Absolutely. Very well said, Dr. Bruce Ellswick. Thank you so much, Medical Director for Sullivan County Public Health Services. Thank you for joining us on the Radio Bowl News Pod. And thank you so much for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. This is Mike Sakel. Thanks for listening to the Radio Bold News Pod. Be back soon with more conversations that you can check out wherever you get your favorite podcasts and always at RadioBold.com.